Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Momentum Focus podcast. I am your host, Amia Freeman, and we are back with another conversation on what it means to be emotionally well. Um, And I had someone, honestly, someone recently asked me why I chose this topic. And I said, well, it's not because people aren't talking about emotional wellness, um, wellness in general. Um, but it, I just kind of felt a, a pressing on my own heart because I don't know, like we read the books and we fill in the blanks and we check the boxes and we yes and amen. And then we don't do the work. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we're doing all the things except for the thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was like, okay, come on. Can we, can we talk about it? And literally before I hit record today, I felt the Holy Spirit say, good job of actually talking about the people that are doing the work and then bringing others into the work to do it as well. Because I don't want to just talk about a book that we wrote about doing the work, but we didn't do the work because mm-hmm. that happens. <laughs> Mm. And no judgment, no shame. I literally, there's a folder, there's a binder that I keep with all my notes from podcast guests. And there's a sticker on the front of the folder that says shame slayer. And that's a message that we've grabbed a hold of in Revelation Wellness. Those of y'all that know me know that I am a Revelation Wellness instructor. And when we grabbed that, that slogan, it was more than a slogan and more than a sticker and a t-shirt, but really just a recognition that where it says in the Bible that when we are in his presence, our faces shine and we'll never be brought to shame, no matter what anyone throws at us, says to us, says about us. But that doesn't mean that the shame won't come for us, Mm. right? Like the shame really does come for us. And I thought about the fact that like that happened as far back as the garden, Right. Like the garden (laughs) for the enemy to literally come at Eve and shame her. Right. With a lie. And the irony of that lie is that he presented her with the very thing that God had already given her authority over, but he flipped it to, to harm her. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if we Mm -hmm. fast forward and then in his word, and he says the very thing that the enemy intended for our harm and evil God will use for our good, his glory and the good of others. And so that's what these conversations have been about is, are we willing to open our mouths and talk about says like, let's stop trauma bonding. And I'm like, yes, like we can Ah! have a whole party of like, oh yeah, you too. And that's not to say shame, like shame off you. If you think I'm saying like, you don't need to be with people who get you. Like I totally get being with people who get you. What I'm saying is that if we're getting together, even across a podcast, if we're getting together, let it be so that we can become well when we walk away. We used Mm -hmm. to teach our kids, like, leave a place better than you found it. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my goal to step to this mic and leave this airwaves better than I found it. Bless the right, right, (laughs) right. Bless. (laughs) So 
Um, today I have a guest with me um, who is, she's in that camp, y'all. She's doing the work. And I came across who she is and what she does in a season um, where I was, I was leading, I told her before we hit record, I was leading and not loving it. And I found her um, as a part of an organization that helps women that are serving in leadership and ministry um, so that they do it well. Um, and that's how I came across Heather. And then I just kind of, I just kept following what she was doing and really starting to recognize the work that she was doing um, meant a lot more than just stickers and t-shirts to call <laughs> people up, right? Right. Uh, anybody that knows me knows I'm like, I'm all for the words. Like my whole office, my whole house is covered in words. I'm wearing a t-shirt and I got a coffee mug in front of me, but it has to go beyond that or otherwise it's just, it sounds great. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to allow Heather to fully introduce herself and then y'all know the rhythm here. We'll see where God wants to take this conversation, um, as we dive into, um, really just talking about how do we, how do we walk through life when those things try to come for us like shame, like guilt, mm -hmm like the overwhelm, um, like the heavies, the heavies of life that just are so like one of my, um, pastor friends, he used to like, he'd call and check on us and he would say, how heavy is your heavy? Mm. And inevitably, like I'd see that he left me a voicemail and I'm ready to listen. And I'm like gearing up my response. And then every time, inevitably, when I hear how heavy is your heavy, I'm like, no, I got yeah. really <laughs> to tell them how I'm really doing. Um, <laughs> so, but at any rate, um, I want to offer you a scripture before we dive into the conversation. Um, and if you are just joining, I've been reading these scriptures from a collection that um, a sweet ministry friend of mine gave me, and she had the scripture cards printed with my name in the verse. And so first oh. you get to put your name in. So I'll let you know where to drop your own name and I'll read it a couple of times so that you have a chance to drop your name. So this is Ephesians 429. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, Amia, but mm. only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen what a perfect, what a perfect verse for this episode. So I'll read it again and you get to plug in your name. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, fill in your name, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians mm. 29. All right, y'all. So that's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so I'm going to turn the mic over to Heather. Heather, tell people who you are and what you do. And <laughs> y'all, I just have to tell you like her, her joy and her, I don't want to say enthusiasm because that feels really cheesy, but like her. Well, <laughs> you could say crazy, but thank you for looking for another word. <laughs> Her everything. She says it's her crazy, but you know, it's, it's, it's contagious and it's raw. And it, I think this is what really like 
I think initially when I came across the work that you were doing, when I'm, when I connected with you reading and loving it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's wild and she's free and she loves Jesus and they're allowing it. What? (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you believe they let me in? Yeah. They let me in. I love it. And I, and I don't even have to give like a urine sample or a blood sample. Like they just straight up let me in. This is how I love you. <laughs> you. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell people, uh, tell us who you are, where you're located, the work that you're doing. Um, and then we'll dive in and see where this goes. Uh, okay. So my name's Heather and I live in South Florida. And um, I operate a organization called Wonderful, which I pulled up here in case you can ah, fail. See, did you just pray for technology and it just went wonky? Stupid oh, technology. What? I, I, wonderful. Wonderful. I love it. So y'all, it's spelled W-O-N-D-H-E-R-F-U-L. Yeah. Wonderful. That's the organization. And um, we uh, exist because I believe that one more suicide is one too many. So we curate life boxes to anybody anywhere in the world going through anything so that they won't give up. So we do free life boxes for six-year-olds that have attempted suicide to 89-year-olds that are widows and lonely and military and teachers and first responders and veterans and high school students and pastor's wives. And we did a life box for a pastor in Africa who was suicidal um, for addiction, depression, trauma, PTSD, anything that could cause somebody to give up. We will send a free, a free life box to. And um, in addition to that, I go around and speak and share my story. I'm 49 and the earliest memory I have of wanting to commit suicide was when I was eight. So that's a long life of battling that. It's about 41 years. But I'm still here. And, and so I think, Amia, because I'm, because I'm still here, um, I need to take my cues from the Apostle Paul. And even though I have a thorn in my side of being tempted by suicide, I need to be a good steward with it. And I need to do the, the best that I can for other people, despite the thorn that I have. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Man, I mean, what a nutshell to crack open. <laughs> so <laughs> good, um, luck, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm I'm gonna start, I'm gonna work my way backwards. So tell us the life boxes. What goes in a life box? And you mentioned as young as six, which breaks my heart. Uh, it breaks my yeah. heart across any age, but a six-year-old, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. I can I can understand and empathize with a child not really knowing why they matter. Unfortunately, right. I totally right. get that. Um, so what would go, let's say for 
a 12 year old? What mm-hmm. would be in a life box for a 12 year old? So great question. We do a, quite a few for students. Um, we do individual ones that come in from concerned family members. And then we've done for, um, an NBA player's sister, we did for her event, 300 12 to 14 year old life boxes. Um, but if you're 12 years old, you'll get essentials and extras. And so you will get the essentials of a Bible and a journal and a pen. Those are my non-negotiables because as I've looked over the historicity of my life, um, I have a my journal and my Bible from when I was eight. And I have all my Bibles and all my journals between then until now when I'm 49. And so my integrity kind of demands that I use what God's used to help me stay alive. And so this 12-year-old student would get a student Bible, a student journal, and and a pen. But then in addition to that, we would curate it specifically to the 12-year-old in the sense that we would put in a cool wristband that says, don't give up. We would put in... Uh, probably a deca uno cards and because it's Christmas time we would put in Christmas candy um, we would put in post-it notes we would put in a daily devotional that would be specifically for students we would put in the suicide lifeline business card we would put in a personal handwritten card from our team to this person um I'd probably put in like, if it's a 12 year old student, I'd put in chapstick. Um, I'd probably put in maybe something for their bedroom. Um, and probably just a few extra stress ball, small plush toy or stuffed animal or keychain, just things that are 12 year old coolish. Um, but I just want them to open it and I want it to be the most unexpected validation of how awesome they are. And so we really go above and beyond when it comes to curating these to make sure that the presentation is excellent, that it's beyond what they would have expected, but that it also includes the essentials of the things that have kept me going. Hmm. I love that. <clears throat> I love it. Um, it just it just reminds me of the scripture. Um, I believe it's in first Corinthians where it says that God comforts us so that then we can be the comfort yeah. and help for others. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I remember offering that scripture once and someone was like, where is that in the Bible? And I was like, it's there. Yeah. Let's go find yeah. it <laughs> because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to know that out of our own, like, again, we'll see stickers and coffee mugs that says that, you know, God can take your mess and turn it into your message. But if we don't have scriptures that prove that the enemy will say, did God really say that? Right. Right. Back to the garden. (laughs) Did God say that? Or then, or then what happens when I, I, I don't embody that then I'm just another human that's giving advice and not being able to live up to it. But if it's based on God's word, it's, it's undeniable. It's irrefutable and it's timeless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's wild that sometimes in our neediest needs, we find Bible verses and understanding beyond just words on a page where it now becomes an opportunity for us to live the scripture because now it's detrimental to survival, you know? Right. 
Um, speaking of that, I'm going to, I'm going to take a hard pause and, and ask you just because of, I love to hear you say like the, the, the essentials and the non-negotiables of how God helped you, you are using that to help others. Would you say that there's one key verse that is your life verse? Um, no, but great question. I actually keep on me at all times. Uh, I, I call it my epipen. My dogs, the groceries are being given to the house, and the guy could not have picked a worse delivery time than right now. Sorry, <laughs> this sorry is life. I love I'm it. I'm like, I'm gonna kill these dogs. I'm like, no, sorry about that. Hey, quiet. Um, but I, I actually have several, you know, Amia, when you struggle with the temptation of suicide for 41 years. You, you look through the Bible with a completely different lens, right? I mean, we're talking four decades of me reading the word of God through the lens of, I want to give up and take my life. So I, I have gleaned a lot of life verses literally over the last 40 years. Um, I have, I have some faith. Um, can you hear them? Barely. <laughs> barely um my favorites are like one eighteen seventeen that says i will live and i and i will tell what the lord has you said some one eighteen seventeen. uh-huh correct correct i will live and not die and i will tell what the lord has done that's i mean i love that verse um i like Deuteronomy 30, 19, that says, I've given you the choice between life and death. Mm. Oh, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Mm. I love that one because I, I mean, I've, I've prayed that over people, even when they've been on life support, I see you. Life and death is our choice. And God's given us choice because he's, he's a loving, fair God, but God also helps us choose when we choose wrong. Um, I like, I like, this is a little, a little more uh, graphic, but I like Ezekiel where Ezekiel said, I saw you laying there in your blood. And I said, live mm-hmm. like that one. I if it's been a suicide attempt, a visit, and there was blood involved, I will pray that out loud. I mean, I will not hesitate at all to pray that over that person. Not all suicides, you know, have the effects of blood in them, but some do. So I'll pray that. And I like I like what Paul said to the jailer in in the New Testament. Like Paul said, "Stop! Don't kill you. We're all here. It's a it's a command." And he exercised that command in his spiritual authority to a person that was going to take their life. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you, you mentioned that the, the scriptures are like your EpiPen. Yeah. Or what are each of these scriptures in your EpiPen or are there other, is there? A yes, I have. Well, I have a proverbial EpiPen, like an EpiPen is used to prevent death 
in right. response to an allergic reaction. Right. I mean, and I have to, I will have this reaction. I mean, I'll, I'll be anywhere. I'll be in my car. I'll be in a hotel. I'll be on vacation. I'll be wherever I am, you know, because the enemy will always try to whisper that when you're alone, you don't kill yourself in public, you do it in private. So, but whenever you're in private, you know, and I have to be able to access that. And, um, I have to be able to say these words from the book of life out loud because the enemy cannot hear my thoughts, but he can hear my voice says the Bible. So I always keep my EpiPen of life verses on me. It's a one, it's a dollar store journal. <laughs> That's my EpiPen. I it love goes. it though. I love it because I am a huge advocate of writing things down and a crazy journaler. <laughs> um, yeah. Literally there's a, a cabinet that sits behind me and one to my right. And they're both full of journals that are completely written <laughs> in with some of its Bible study, some of its notes, some of its song lyrics, just things that have been hope for me. Um some of them were in seasons that were kind of lighter and like celebratory and victorious. And then others are like really dark seasons that I was literally telling my sister the other day, like my therapist said to me, um, and initially when she said it, I kind of was taken back. Like, that's not, that's not advice. Like that, what you just said sucks. <laughs> like she literally said, I've never met someone who has, has gone through what you've gone through and lived to tell it. And mm. she paused and I was like, please tell me there's more to this because if that's your advice. And then she cut me off and she said, you didn't hear me. You live to tell it. And I was like, oh, she said, you don't give yourself the credit that you deserve and you don't recognize just how strong and resilient you are. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember kind of catching an attitude with her. Cause I was like, I'm sick of hearing the word resilience. I don't, <laughs> be, I don't want that to be my like identifier. If somebody says, man, she's so resilient. I'm like, can I just be weak? And yeah. she literally said, and she's a Christian therapist. And she said, yeah, but like you are proof of where the scripture says in my weakness, Christ is made strong mm -hmm. because she said, like you, you were willing to give that to him, even if you couldn't verbalize it and it was just moans and it was just literally opening your journal and just scratching on the page. Mm -hmm. She was like, right. you showed your weakness so that he could be made strong because he is in you, right. you know, and to, to hear that as a, as a kid who grew up with allergies and knowing what an EpiPen can do, <laughs> like yeah. to know that my journals are like the proverbial EpiPens, just the visual of that, of even yeah. just knowing that, like you said, when there's a reaction. Yes. To something. I've got to be, you need an antidote. You've got to have an antidote to that reaction, especially that reaction because it's life or death. Yeah. It's yeah. life or death with an actual allergy and an EpiPen. And it's life or death if you are tempted to give up and you have on you at all times, the EpiPen of God's word. So it's essential for me. I have, I carry it with me all the time. It's always in my purse and it's always on my iPhone. My EpiPen is a, my, my exhaustive list of life verses. I love that. That just, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> the reality of 
what you said of his word being the book of life and knowing that mm-hmm. we can carry it with us all the time. And there's power in us writing it down. Oh yeah. Right. Like the power of us writing it down and then actually speaking it out loud and the enemy hearing it come out of our mouths. Yeah. And just, I don't yeah. know. Like, Well, you know, and I, and I take all my cues from the Bible. I mean, I don't, I don't want people to or how, how I handled it or, you know, what I did in a situation or even what my therapist said, I, the, the takeaway needs to be what God's word says and period. Yeah. You know, because I, I can't be the, I can't be the poster child for suicide prevention because I'm human and I'm weak and I'm going to screw up. Uh, but God's word, God's word can be the poster child for suicide prevention. And it is in my life. And when I think about Jesus, he was tempted. Well, how did the devil tempt him in that, in that one situation? Well, he tempted him to jump off of a cliff. You know, that's honestly, Take a cla- yeah. yeah, that's, cla- that's a classic way to go. I just attended an event for a high schooler that jumped off the build their school building during class um, to his death in an intentional, you know, very intentional suicide. So, and how did, how did Jesus get himself out of that? He spoke out loud scripture. So that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, and, and I am so grateful that you say like, at the end of the day, at the end of this conversation, it is what God's word says, not what Heather said or not how Heather did it or what Amia right. said on our podcast, but what does his word say? Um, and this may be jumping too far forward, but even as we're talking, I'm thinking about the person that they, whether they have a life of, with Christ or they don't have a life with Christ. And I believe most of the people that will be listening to this have at the very least entertained a life with Christ. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we help that person understand how the word helps them? How God's word is the answer to suicide? Mm. Great question. And the only, the only way I could answer that is, you know, by my testimony. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for other people. I don't want to speak in in an in, in embellishment, I don't want to speak in wishful thinking. So by sheer fact of my own testimony, during the moments in my life where I have made the decision that today I'm going to take my life, um, there are, you know, I, I did need to make sure that I followed the protocol of reaching out and calling, you know, um, for help. But in addition to that, it has been the life verses that have spoken in my gut when my mind was unable to be reached. Hmm. When you want, when I, when I have wanted, when I have made the categorical affirmative decision to take my life, God cannot get through to my mind. I mean, the, 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 I mean, I just, my mind is a weak part of my being and, and it has, it'll decide that it, that I'm not worth living, that I won't be missed, um, et cetera. 
and, and, and what, and what's cool, Amia, is that God still doesn't in those moments, give up on me. He doesn't like, well, devil got to her head or she convinced herself in her mind. I mean, God is, is such a lavishly loving God that he will speak through my gut. And it's in my gut that I will recall those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I will not die. I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Oh, you, Lord, have determined the length of our lives. You have been wonderfully made. I knew you before I created you. I have a plan for you. Like all that will just start to blossom in my belly and almost just become a, a, a just CPR to my soul. Yeah. Because, because my mind is made up. Yeah. Well, even as you said, just the spoken in, in the gut, like initially I was going to ask, well, what do you mean? Like what your voice, your, your gut has a voice, but I kind of felt this check in my own gut of like, it's that mm-hmm. it's, you know, deep down in your gut, mm-hmm. you know, what is true. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like, I want to make a list of just some <laughs> go-to verses for the person that says, well, I don't know where to begin. I don't know the verses to pull from. And even Mm -hmm. to hear list the one of like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made again, those are like coffee mug verses that we, most of us have in t-shirt verses. Oh yeah. Yeah. That when, like, when it comes down to the, like, I don't know when it comes down to the wire of like, you've got to fight, like you got to suit up and you got to go to battle for your own soul. Mm Mm-hmm do, do we know which verses to pull from Mm -hmm. and, and that they're, that they actually work? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I call them my, I, they're my EpiPen verses. They've, and, and I understand that a critic, a skeptic, an atheist, they're not going to get it, but that's not my problem. (laughs) I mean, I, my, I got to tell the truth and I, this is my, this is the truth. The truth is, is when I am tempted to give to give up and I will come up with a, and listen, because of all the training I've had and all the failed suicides I've witnessed, I know what works. I know how to kill myself. Mm. Um, and so I, I will, Mm. I, I just have to start saying the, the words from the book of life to usurp the words that my mind is coming up with for death. I have to take God. I have to take God at his word. If I'm going to call myself a Christian, then I need to take him at his word that this is the book of life and it can give life just like it did to his son when he was tempted to jump. Yeah, man. Listen, (laughs) like this is, I'm in the process of writing a book that is part of the book is that of Mm -hmm do we really trust his word mm-hmm. or are we just tossing it out? Cause it sounds great. Or that's the answer that you give when someone asks the question, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or do mm-hmm. we really have the arsenal mm-hmm. that we're not using against ourselves? Right. Where, like you said, where the, if the enemy can challenge Christ himself, right. He's certainly coming for us. Right. Right. If again, back in the garden and everybody across the Bible, every story across the Bible where they had to battle, 
they had to know what God's word actually said and where they were even challenged with if they had to come face to face with the enemy or an enemy like David and Goliath, like they had Mm -hmm. to know this is who God's, this is who God is not Mm -hmm. just because he it's who he says he is, but because I've seen, I've seen him do these things, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, Right. I was going to ask, um, so on a day-to-day basis, because I know that the battle and I hate to use the word battle because it feels so Bible study churchy, <laughs> but because there is a daily, a daily battle for our identity, a daily battle for where we fit in or where we belong or what's my purpose in life, which are some of the things that come for you when, whether you've had ever had suicidal thoughts or, or just the struggle of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's a daily get to and a have to. Mm-hmm. What does your daily rhythm look like so that you set yourself up for when the when the when the lies come, when mm-hmm. the shame comes my way? What is that daily on a very practical level? What does your uh, daily well, routine look like? The I mean, I follow I follow up, you know, a, a a formula, if you will. And I've, it's been working because I'm still alive. I started following it in about um, August, 2000. So this was a long time ago, but for me personally, it's um, I go to church every weekend, non-negotiable. I have to go to church. Church is a gas station fill up for a mental empty tank. Mm. I go all week long and my mind gets depleted. And what fills it up for free, I don't even have to pay for inflation increases in the gas prices, Right, is, is one hour on Sunday. So I go to church, I pray and journal, I take medication, I see a counselor, I exercise, I have boundaries, and I know my worth. Hmm. And... And that's been working for 22 years, 21 years. So I I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this is why I appreciate so much of what you do and what you share even on social media, because, and I'm glad that I think we live in a generation where there's not so much of a stigma on seeing a counselor right um yeah I agree the the rhythms that you listed like they're not even they're all doable yeah yeah like whether they're one day at a time or you Mm -hmm. know the person that says well I've tried all that and I don't really know that it's working and mm-hmm. here's my, here's my thought is that if you're listening right now and you tried all that, they're working. Well, yeah, I would say, but you're still alive. Right. That's what I mean. So I mean, right. if you're a counselor that said you live to tell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would say you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. If you're doing, if you are truly honestly doing everything I'm doing for the last 21 years to defeat suicide, 
then the devil's whispering in, in your ear that it's not working and he's a liar. You're still alive. You're still breathing. So it's, it's working. Yeah. And, and, circle and back yeah, to the, yeah. The boundaries yeah. one that you talked about, because I know the uh-huh. word boundaries is it, it gets tossed around here and there. Yes. And yes. It becomes almost a vague kind of bumper sticker, you know? Yeah. It's almost uh, an overused, it's almost an overused hashtag. Right. 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 So how do we break that down? Like what, because I'm, I'm careful to say, what are your boundaries? Because again, I don't want to make this about like, here's how Heather does it, but how do we, how do we set up boundaries? What, what would you say is like the, an easy route? And again, I hate to use that phrase, but like, yeah, a practical way of starting to establish boundaries because they're, I know for myself, I've said I've got boundaries and I can clearly see where they're not set. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think, I mean, there's two sets of boundaries in my life. There's the ones that my husband has had to set with me. And there's the ones that I've needed to set with myself. Mm. Now I would not say that it's a cookie cutter formula for everybody else, but I I'm pretty, I mean, I spoke this weekend at our church and I shared the boundaries or the parameters. I like to use the word parameters because boundaries is overused, yeah. but I, I, I communicated to our church, the parameters my husband has for me and he has two and he's used them very humbly and quietly, um, not, you know, blasting them in my face for the last 22 years. And the first one is that it's God's job to save me and it's his job to love me. Mm. That's the number one parameter. There is no way Raul or I would be where we are if when we got married, he decided I'm going to have to do everything I can to make sure Heather stays alive. Mm. We wouldn't even have kids. We wouldn't even have DJ and Andy to this day because boundaries would have been blown out of the water, not even something that's a part of our marriage. And Raul and I wouldn't have been able to have kids because he would have become a man obsessed with making sure I stay alive. Constantly checking on me, never leaving the house, always where I'm at. I mean, just, it just would have driven him, him crazy. He's just had to learn his lane. God has asked him to love me and God is the one that will save me. Um, and then the second parameter that Rawl has is that he does not have to understand me. People lose their marriages, their families, their homes, their livelihood over you didn't understand what I was going through. Hmm. But that's just not part of our vernacular. I do not expect my husband to get inside my head and understand it. And he doesn't feel like a failure when he can't. So that's just been a couple of parameters that we've had in our marriage. Um, Again, they're both rooted in the Bible. You know, we've been able to look at cases in the Bible where those were manifested. And so again, I never want it to be what Raul, my husband says, or what I say. Um, But I think for me, the boundary, the boundary for me is that I do have a limited mental bandwidth. Um, Hmm. 
more so than most leaders in ministry. And I got to be okay with that. And I have to pray that the people that God's put in my life to do ministry with are going to be okay with that. Now, that hasn't always been the case. There have been leaders that have not been able to accept that and have just didn't end well. And then, and then God has also put in leaders in our lives the last, you know, 11 years have been wonderful. They've been understanding, they get it. Um, and I don't abuse it either. You know, I, I do have a limited bandwidth with what I can do mentally. And, and I have that boundary, but I also do not use it to get my way or use it outside of what God would want. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that either. Yeah. Well, and even just to hear you say that, just as much as you've shared that every, everything that you're doing for yourself, as well as helping others is based in God's word to hear you say, A, the, the awareness that you have a limited bandwidth means that you're like, you're connected with God because you've honored that, right? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I identify my weakness, then Christ yeah. is not strong, right? Right, um, right. And the fact that you are aware enough to not use it to get your way is, yeah. is an identifier that you are letting God lead you because if you weren't, it would be manipulation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have something we battle. Yeah. Um, and we all can use that for pity, for selfishness, for manipulation. I don't, I honestly don't want any part of that. I, I just, I mean, and, and, and maybe it's just, I'm weird. I don't know, but I, I think it's bad enough to have the weakness of wanting to kill yourself. I don't want to magnify it by adding on top of that, the weight of the guilt that I've used that for illicit reasons. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, man, I'm just grateful just for how transparent you've been. Um, one last question we were talking about the life boxes and we kind of tapped into what goes in the life box for a student. Um, but I want people to know that the boxes are not limited to students. Um, right. And if you, those that are listening, if you didn't hear, she said that there are essentials that go in every single box. Um, and the boxes are not the, their needs based. Correct. They're mm-hmm. correct. So they're cur- someone- yeah, curated to every person's situation. They are. Okay. So if someone that's listening, or even just as we share the podcast, if they, if they know someone that needs a life box, or maybe they run an organization that they want to block arm, you know, link arms with you so that they can have life boxes at their organization event. Mm -hmm. um, What's the process to getting those boxes out to the people Mm -hmm. that need them? Yeah. Great question. So you just go to the website, oneherful.com. W-O-N-D-H-E-R-F-U-L.com and click on Lifebox. And from that 
you can request one for an individual or you can request a quantity for any group organization or gathering. We just had a couple of days ago, a director at a halfway house request one for everybody on her team that runs the halfway house. She said they, that her team is worn out. Hmm. They are worn out. Um, and so we're going to curate every single life box for her team for, um, for, you know, depression and weariness and, and get those, uh, sent out to them. Hmm. Man. I mean, I could almost see the gift of handing these out to the teams that I serve with. Mm -hmm. Cause well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I also keep, not only do I keep the EpiPen proverbial Effie pen of all my life verses in my purse, in this little notebook. I also keep a list of the pastors that have died by suicide. Uh, believe it or not, you know, it's a, it's a, it's sadly a, too long of a list and about half of them I knew. And I keep that in there as a reminder to me that just because you're a good guy or just because you're a good girl, doesn't mean you're immune to the enemy wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. So we, we, we do a lot for people in these noble areas of vocation because unbeknownst to the general public, that's, that's great turf for the enemy. Wow. I have taken a couple of notes and will in the show notes have a handful of scriptures for whoever's listening to be able to grab a hold and start their own um, epi proverbial epipen. Um, <laughs> and I believe that the the average person probably has a journal sitting around that they've never written in that they mm -hmm. don't know what to journal or don't know what to write. Um, and I am encouraging you to begin here with writing out those verses and like Heather yeah. suggested, keeping it on your person, even if it's in your phone, keeping mm -hmm. it in your phone. I literally made a note in my phone at church on Sunday he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And I just kept hitting copy and paste, 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 paste. Mm. And just one note. And mm. I pulled it out this morning and just stared at it and just bawled my eyes out. Mm. Just to know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Taking it out. I, Amia, I from the six-year-olds that I minister to, to the 80-year-olds and everybody in between, when they request my life verses from me, you know, I send them, but I, but I encourage them with a very strong encouragement. <laughs> you need to write these. You need yeah. to write them down. They need to be in your handwriting. You right. need to see, you need to see that you are fighting for yourself. Yes. And if you, if you copy and paste, you're, you're doing something that 
that I did for myself. You're not doing this for yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really, yeah, I, I encourage people, you need to write these down with your pen, your paper, your hand and your time. Yeah. Take that back from the enemy. Take that back from the enemy. (laughs) Amen. And you know what? Shameless plug, because the book that I did write this time last year is just that it's a prayer journal, but the Mm. Lord specifically said to me, you're not allowed to write anything. You can't type any words. You can give them some instruction on how to use this journal, but it is literally guided just with a page that says journal here. Mm. And that's it. (laughs) And it's just an invitation to just sit with God and hear what he says to you, because I've been talking with my husband just about, there's a couple of recalibrating questions that Beth Moore gave in a Bible study that she released back in 2017. And the Holy Spirit recently told me to pull that study back out Um, And initially I was afraid because I was afraid of what he was going to reveal to me. And he stopped me and said, I'm not going to punish you for anything that you haven't done. Mm. I want to take you back to show you just how much I love you and what I have for you that you forgot to take. Mm. That's yours. And so Mm -hmm. the questions are all from the Bible and they are, who, who, where are you? Who told you? Mm. What do you want? What are you afraid of? And how much more? Mm, I love it. Questions that are in the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, God's not afraid of your questions. What if you asked? And then she goes into the gospels of ask, uh, seek and knock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's like, the reason we're not getting the answers that we're looking for is because we've forgotten that he is a God who receives our questions Mm -hmm. because he's got answers. Mm -hmm. So I just, I mean, I just want to encourage anybody that's listening right now that that's your invitation in this season today, not yesterday, not next week, not tomorrow, not if or when. But right now, just God inviting you into a blank page and just Mm -hmm. ask questions, ask questions and sit and hear what he has to say. And again, I'll put a couple of scriptures in the show notes and much like Heather said, like write them out in your journal, in your own handwriting, and then say them out loud as you're writing them after you've written them. Um, hang them on your bathroom mirror if you need to, which means you got to write them a second time. <laughs> yeah. Put them on post-it notes if you need, put it in your car, wherever you need to put the word of God so that you see it and that you know it. And if you've got questions because maybe someone misused a Bible verse against you or you're hearing it incorrectly, reach out to me. Like I would love to get on a Zoom call and talk through it with you because- mm. The enemy loves to make us think that we don't get it and that Mm -hmm. we don't have an opportunity to get it and that we don't have anyone who will get it with us. Mm -hmm. So Heather, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for, like I said, your honesty and your transparency. Um, And I just, I just want to stay around you because (laughs) you, (laughs) like you fuel me in so many different ways that just remind me to keep going. Yeah. And it, thank I you. Thank you. 
Yeah. I used to use, when I started my fitness ministry years ago, I used to use a phrase that I kind of got teased that it was cheesy. So I dropped it, but recently the Holy Spirit told me to bring it back because it's hopeful. And Mm. it was simply, um, hearts pumping, spirits moving, keep moving. And I dropped it because somebody was like, that's really cheesy. And the Holy Spirit. I need their address. I'm going to take care of them. (laughs) I need their address. I need that address. See, you remind me of another friend of mine who is also a Floridian that she's like, listen to Mia, I got your back. And she's she's a spicy Puerto Rican woman who loves the Lord. And she's like, I got your back. And I need you to know that snitches get stitches. Right. Well, I mean, I am from Chicago. I'm pasty white, but my last name is Funk. Don't play. (laughs) Don't play. I will. I I will. I might be that pasty white soccer mini va- minivan mom on the outside, on the inside. I will kill you. I will cut you. <laughs> this is why you fuel me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I appreciate you giving me the time and um, I will put all of Heather's contact information, the website, as well as where to find her on social media, because y'all have to follow her um, and let's do what we can. Um, to help her get these life boxes to the people that need them. Um, mm-hmm. And listen, if you're a person that feels like you need a life box, send mm-hmm. me an email and I will mm-hmm. make sure you get one. And and I, I mean, we curate them immediately upon request and ship them two day priority for free. Amen. I love it. All right, y'all. I pray that this conversation as always helped you to adjust your focus And um, never, that is never a finger wagging, shaming message. That is an invitation to lean in just a little bit closer uh, so that you can hear what God has to say to your heart until we get a chance to chat together. Y'all be blessed, take care and stay free. Talk to you soon. Bye.